This is All Things Therapy, where we are changing consciousness one conversation at a time. And I'm Lisa Tahir, your host. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I am Lisa. It's so good to be with you today. It's Thursday night when you'll be watching or listening to this. Um, If it's the day of, otherwise, whatever day it is, hello. Today's episode 298. In just a few minutes, I'm going to bring on a fellow podcasting colleague, Trey Kaufman. We are going to talk about happiness. And I think It's not talked about enough, the value of our personal happiness, how we can stay in touch with happiness, even as things in our lives might change, even when there's situations going on that are challenging, how to stay in touch with happiness regardless of external circumstances. And that's something that's really come up big in my life in the last two weeks. You know, if you've been watching and listening, my dear cat Jiggy with a J that I've had for 17 years, unexpectedly passing away and just the deep sadness and grief I've been feeling around that loss. And at the same time, you know, wanting to choose my happiness in an authentic way, not putting a Band-Aid over this loss and pretending like it didn't happen. That's that's not even possible for me with who I am as a person. But at the same time, you know, feeling this grief, feeling this sadness, letting myself cry as I need to even, and also knowing that, you know, there's still more life here. And, and I just want to be about the life that I desire to live, that I want to live, that Jiggy, you know, more than a cat is a spirit. We all are. And, and you know, reaching to tap into my happiness amidst this deep sadness and loss. And so I'm hoping to talk to Trey about how he has done that in his life and how he can help you and I do that as well. If you want to reach out for therapy sessions, I do work remotely with clients everywhere through nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities, as well as on social media. You can see on the video screen, Nola Therapy on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And I do want to share with you a show that I'm really supporting and listening to. Again, I love fellow podcasters. That's why I'm having Trey on today. You know, the Wake Me Up podcast, Tyler Brown is the host. It's really cool because he wants to change your morning routine with meditation. And he started his podcast to help you start your day with a positive mindset. Mindset is so important. Trey Kaufman's going to talk to us about this today as well. That when you position your mind in a way to focus on what you want to see in, a, in an uplifting way, in a healthy way, in a happy way, it really shifts the way your day starts to flow and go. And Tyler Brown at Wake Me Up Podcast is helping you do that. You can find his show everywhere podcasts are found or go to wakemeuppodcast.com. That's his website. 
And with that, I'm going to bring you, Trey, into the stream. Hello. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy you're here. And I want to share with our audience a bit about you. Y'all, Trey is the host of the Mosaic Life podcast, which he started in 2019, as well as a secondary shorter form podcast called Bits of Happiness that he hosts. And this second podcast is where Trey shares these nuggets about happiness and lifestyle design that he has learned from interviewing and studying other leaders from all over the world. And your goal, Trey, as I understand it, is to empower others to look inward for their happiness as you have done in your own life versus you know looking outside to the external and your website to just share right now if listeners want to jump on is one mosaic.life that's it that's it so how are you today oh i'm great how are you i'm good i'm happy to be here with you and just talk to you about happiness and how yeah you have charted this course for yourself and continue to. Yeah, it's it's something I, I certainly enjoy talking about. And I always make the caveat, you know, from the very beginning is I've I've figured out what it means in my life. And I, it's it's extremely important for others to do the same for themselves. Any type of guru who's trying to sell you snake oil and say that you can be happy when you do this is is lying to you. They're trying to to make money off you. You have to really understand what value, what brings value to your life and, you know, where you place value externally. Um, you know, one of the, one thing that I discovered early on when I really started to focus on my own well-being is asking two questions of myself. Do I want what I have? Mm. And then I, from there can ask, do I have what I want? And then when I really start to answer those questions, honestly, I'm able to usually validate what I've done internally and realize that if there are any external things that I actually think would bring value to my life, I can see them clearly. And it's just, it's a very helpful practice for me. So do I want what I have? <laughs> and I'm laughing because my kitty cat's putting her paw in the show and Trey can see that. Yeah. So I like, do I want what I have? Yeah. And then do I have what I want? Those and, are big questions. And that first question, I think, is probably the most important of the two, because, you know, so many times in regard to our own happiness, it's not necessarily adding more to our lives. It's realizing that there are negative or toxic influences in our life that we perhaps have to say goodbye to. And that's not always easy to do. You know, and that's something that I know a bit about from just studying your work online. Can you talk to us about that? You left, I believe, a corporate type job, a corporate culture and detoxed from things that you needed to. Can you share that with us? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, for, I guess for context, I'm 36. So I, I, I've been in the work for, for workforce for just over 10 years now. And I, I bounced around from job to job and I don't know. I mean, I can't say anything bad necessarily about my employers, but I also never felt any sort of fulfillment in the work that I did. And so for me personally, when I found the courage and the tools and the resources to go off and work on my own, you know, through ups and downs, I started to understand what exactly it was that I valued most. And so much of that falls back on my time. I, I, I value my time more than anything at all. And that I, I think it's painful to see other people not putting that same value on their time because as cliche as it may seem now, I mean, that is our, only non-renewable resource. We can never yeah. get more of it. Um, and so if we're, if we're wasting it doing something that brings utter disdain and, you know, 
negative feelings to us, then we need to reevaluate, you know, what we're actually trying to accomplish. And so how did you have that awareness, Trey, that what you were doing, uh, I sense it wasn't fulfilling? It, and- no. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't fulfilling. And I, and I knew I always wanted to work uh, for myself. I just, I, for the longest time, I thought that it would just kind of magically happen at some point in my life. Um, when I started my personal transformation, I, I realized that I wasn't going to wake up one day and be a business owner. I wasn't going to wake up and be a podcaster or an author. And I actually had to do the work to get there. And as I started doing the work, I started to have a mini panic attack, panic attack, realizing that at this point I'm 30 years old and I've, you know, my life is potentially halfway to a third of the way or the other way around over. I yeah. need to start making up for you know, the time that I, in my own mind, feel like I wasted. Okay. And how did you do that? Well, uh, a lot of it was, I mean, one of the first things that I did I, at the time I was still commuting to work. I, I started listening to podcasts as opposed to listening to uh, morning radio uh, that yeah. gave me 45 minutes to an hour a day of, you know, actually educational material. Um, and I started learning from business owners and Silicon Valley type people about how they built a business. Um, and then I started meditating, starting to started to understand what mindfulness actually meant to me. Um, and then fast forward a little bit, I quit drinking. Um, I've been sober for, I think, 921 days now or something like amazing. that. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. it's, it's such a big accomplishment for me because I... I never personally had an alcohol chemical dependency, but I knew that if given the choice between drinking in an evening or actually sitting down and getting work done, it was always going to be drinking. And so when I was able to cut that out, I, I mean, my life just, I mean, it just, it blossomed and I, I, wow. I will never look back from that. I so believe you. And, you know, I've been seeing uh, recently on your social media, on your Instagram, Trey Kaufman, you're running a lot. I am. Can you share with us about that? What's that about? Sure. I've, I've always been uh, somewhat of a runner. I ran track in middle school. I was pretty fast in high school and I just always enjoyed doing it casually. I've done some, you know, races here and there. Um, and it's, th- it's this time of year in the Midwest in Columbus, Ohio, uh, where the weather is just perfect for running. It's, you know, in the fifties in the morning and it's just, it's, it's gorgeous. And so this is the time of year that I really, really strive to get out there as much as possible. And so I, I'm feeling pretty good this year. Um, yeah. Feeling pretty fast, which is I'm, I'm always happy about. You are fast. Is there a goal you have, or a race, or something that you have your attention upon? Not, not really, not right now. Um, okay. You know, there's one of the races I would love to do at some point in time. Probably not this year. There's a race called Ragnar, okay. uh, which a relay. It's like a, it's a 24 hour relay race where you have wow. either six or eight team members, and you all run three to four legs over the course of 24 hours, and it's I mean, there, there are road versions of it and there are like, um, camping versions of it yeah. where you're actually, you know, out in a field and you're running through the woods. And I would love to do that, that one, you know, actually being run, running through the woods, nature at night, I think would be really cool. It sounds beautiful. I've had a friend do a Ragnar and she oh, loved oh, it. That's she great. loved it. Yeah. That it was really the team, the spirit of the team and like, it's so bonding and like really just pulling for each other's success and the yeah. support. Yeah, it, it it looks like a ton of fun. I guess at this point in time, I just need to find you know six or seven other people who want to do it with me. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a former. I've done three half Ironman triathlons. Awesome. Yeah, and about sixteen um, half marathons and countless like ten k's and and like sprint distance tries. And uh, it was for me really important to yeah. to actually 
train and prepare and everything yeah. it took to show up for that race day? Because as you know, there's so much preparation leading yeah. up to that to that day, to that moment. And now I just love working out for fun. It's like my that's pleasure. Cool. Like I feel like I'm playing. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. I mean, those distances are no joke. I've run two official half marathons. I've run the distance a handful of times. But when you get to that distance and beyond, I mean, you really, it's not just running anymore. You have to think about your nutrition and, you know, what exactly you need to carry with you while you're running. And that's that's an area that I need to get better at personally. Well, and this brings me to talk about mindset, which is so important to you and your work, because one of the things I noticed, Trey, back in my half Ironman days, that's totally surprised me. I didn't expect it. I didn't read it in any of the books I read about preparing for half Ironman is the emotional journey that this training takes you on and being like on the bike for hours at a time, you know, swimming, biking, running, and just being you know, in your head, because they don't allow you to wear music on the race course. And it takes, it took my mind to like, like almost like flashing back on my life, like being in that state of depletion. And it causes this excavation of memories, like everything you've ever thought. And it was hard, like, and I've heard other Ironman triathletes talk about they're crying on the bike, like all these emotions come up. It's like, it's purging you from every little nook and cranny that you've ever lived because you're so beyond your comfort zone. And there's something to say for that, that I found immensely healing that when you take yourself so far outside of your comfort zone, it allows these things to come up and be released that, that we really want to let go of. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I could not agree with you more. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been on a long run and I've just, I've, my mind is telling me that I want to quit, but I, I, I can actually, without sounding too, weird about it. I mean, I can separate my mind and my body and I can listen to my body more than my mind, knowing that I'm not, I'm not cramping up right now. My legs feel great. I don't need to quit no matter what my mind is telling me. And so much of using mindfulness uh, throughout the long runs and actually trying to listen to, to your body, different parts of your body independently. That's, that is what has allowed me to, you know, unlock new PRs and distances. And it's, it's been extremely important practice for me. So how do you approach mindset when I like where you're talking about observing your mind saying one mm-hmm. thing and yet tuning into your body, having another reality? And how do you communicate? Um, you know, for yourself? I am very much type A. Uh, I, I am I am all in when I when I do something. And so I. I moderation doesn't exist for me, as yeah. as you might have imagined from the alcohol. I, if I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to go all in and eat healthy. I, I don't eat sweets. I, I I make all of my own meals, literally all my own meals. I don't eat out at restaurants simply because I don't want to spend that money. I don't want to put food into my body that I don't know how or where it was, it was prepared. Made. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when it comes to mindset, it's for me, it's you're either going to do this as well as you can, or you're not going to do it at all. And so it's sometimes like yesterday morning, it was sitting around for an hour, convincing myself that I needed to do it. And so I finally did it and I felt great afterwards. Uh, it's just, I never want to half-ass anything. Um, and that's just the mindset that I've, I've worn myself into. And I know that does not work for everybody, but if yeah. I'm going to, if I'm going to do something, I don't, and I also, I've also taken the mentality that I'm not going out to win any races. I'm not going out to set any records. This is about me. And yeah. I need to 
the best version of myself. And to, for, in order for me to do that, I need to demand the very best for myself. And that's just, that's kind of how I've worked myself into this, this uh, rigid, I say rigid lovingly because I, I, I do really appreciate it, but this rigid lifestyle. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Well, it sounds like it, it makes you happy to really, you know, you competing with you, an accountability partner, a coach, and yeah. seeing kind of like, how far can I go? And, and like, you know, letting the path reveal itself through these practices that are so yeah. dear to you. Absolutely. And so much of it is about, well, it's about retrospect and it's also about foresight. So, you know, I want to feel good 100% of the time. And I, I know that if I were to drink, then that would, take the my tomorrow away from me how i feel tomorrow and it make it would make me feel bad or if i eat poorly i know how i'm going to feel tomorrow so in order to achieve that goal and feeling good all the time i know what it takes and it's just it's so much of that is just saying hey if you want to feel good tomorrow don't eat don't eat that don't don't eat pizza or don't uh don't go to the bar it's just it's it's just it it's become very pragmatic for me i, I know what works and what doesn't so to use your words, how can we do better? Question mark. How would you answer that? I think so much of it starts with being honest with yourself. Um, I forever and probably to a certain degree still find my catch myself telling myself little lies. I mean, or justifying bad behavior in one way or another, you know, saying, as a perfect example, you know, I, I can eat this cupcake because I'm going to go for a six mile run later. Well, I mean, you still may be able to, you know, run a great six or six mile or 10 K, but how is that going to affect your body long-term? How is that going to affect your mindset long-term? If you can justify one poor decision, you can justify two. And so mm-hmm. it's really asking ourselves the hard questions, you know, is this serving me? And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you put in your body. Is this a friendship or the, is this relationship serving me? Or am I overextending myself for this friend who does not do the same for me? Mm-hmm. And that can be very, very difficult to give yourself a truthful answer for because you know what, if, if the answer is no, this is not serving me, you know what the consequences need to be. You need to slowly or you need to, in some way that works for you, remove yourself from that friendship because it is a toxic one. So it's asking our, asking ourselves the hardest questions that we possibly can and answering them as honestly as we can. And once you've had those awarenesses that, yes, there needs to be a change here, how have you actually been able to implement those changes? Slowly. Um, okay. I, I mean, I understand that I can't just do one thing each morning and you know expect it to become habit. It's something that I need to build into my routine and be consistent with it. I mean, there are numbers, you know, you do something 30 days in a row, it becomes a habit. I I don't necessarily know that that is the exact truth for me, but I know that if I'm able to prioritize something and actually work it into my day, that is how I myself am able to create real change. And so when I want to become a better runner, a faster runner, make sure I'm in distance shape, it is getting at least 20 miles a weekend. It is 
making sure that I'm waking up early enough to get my morning runs in. It's making sure that, you know, obviously I'm eating as well as I can. So it's just, it's prioritizing the things that are going to serve those ultimate goals. And then for the more emotional type journeys, like you've mentioned, and it's, it's in your work about, you know, leaving toxic relationships and friendships. How, how would you suggest someone who's listening or watching in that state of mind right now and wondering how to, how to do this? That's a very hard question. And that's, I'm sure that's going to be a, a different answer for everyone. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, it's kind of, I don't necessarily know that I ever had truly toxic relationships. So I don't know how qualified I am to speak for somebody who actually does have those, but you know, I will say in the example of drinking, you know, when I quit drinking, I wouldn't say I lost my friend group, but I mean, it, it, the, the things that we did, they, they certainly always involved alcohol. So I, I see them or saw them uh, quite a bit less and it can be painful. It can, it can hurt to not see people that you care about, but if it's serving a bigger goal, you have to really commit to it. I mean, that doesn't mean that you've got a really good friend who all you ever do is drink. You can't do other things. Right. You just have to see if they are in, if they're willing to make that commitment with you or they're willing to spend time with you sober and do things that don't necessarily involve what you feel are toxic uh, habits. And I would think also if it's triggering or not for you, because, you know, we pair people with activities. It's like that paired association in psychology. And I know when I quit using drugs very intentionally, I had a cocaine addiction that I've talked about in my book. And I I read a book from Addict to Iron Man. And that's what helped me really. I had always been a fitness person, even a fitness teacher, but to really level up to Iron Man level. And it definitely required no drugs at all. And that like really helped me. That's how I was accountable. And there were a couple of friends that that's all that we did together. And I remember I told them, you know, I'm quitting this and I don't know that I'm going to do it perfectly, but part of it is like, I can't hang out and I can't go to certain places because they're triggering for me. And there's still, uh, there's still like one bar in particular. I just have no desire to ever go to again because I spent so much time in there doing drugs. It just, I can't even, I don't even want to be there. It's like the energy is so not you know, me. And and I think it's important. I even wrote in my book about changing your people and people, places and things when you want to make especially changes to substances that are addictive. And actually, both of these friends were really loving, really supportive. Like, I wish I could do what you're doing. You know, and sometimes we talk, but it's like, you know, it helped me to just say, like, not just disappear, but really try, you know, because they're such good people. Yeah. But like that habit is not what I wanted to spend my time, you know, doing anymore at all. And so, you know, it was a change that was hard to make, but so valuable and worth it. Yeah. And I, for, I know we talked briefly about it when you joined me on the podcast and the Mosaic Life podcast. And I mean, your story is incredible. And I'm so glad that you were able to, to get through that because that is not an easy accomplishment for anybody. And I'm, I mean, I'm proud to know you. I'm proud. I'm proud that uh, you were able to, to, to get there because you seem like you've got just a, a wonderful life now. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It's made all the difference. Like just the clarity kind of things that you've noticed for yourself, the clarity, the intention, the peace, like I have yeah. so much peace and, and the things that I deal with that come up, say is issues. They're all, they're so minimal yeah. in comparison to what I caused myself when I was engaging in those type of unhealthy behaviors and it's just like, wow, there's all the reason to, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I, I, I love the word peace. I love that you use that because it reminds me, you know, I, I had, 
I had a lot of fun in my 20s and a lot of it involved alcohol. And I think I was able to justify a lot of the consequences that came along with it. But as I approached 30, every time I went out, it just seemed like something new was happening. There was more drama. There was more personal uh, or interpersonal relationships that were, you know, there was rifts in them caused by the alcohol. And just the, the peace was at a very, very low minimum. And I, I, I didn't like that anymore. And that I just, it was a trend that started to amplify itself as I got older. Maybe I was getting smarter at the same time, but I just, it, it wasn't just the, the bad physical feelings that I got from drinking. It was the issues that developed when I was drinking with other people and there were arguments and there was, yeah, I, I, I hated that. Absolutely. No, I'm laughing because I, so that's kind of what I was thinking back to the unnecessary conflict. Yeah. Yes. Because you're not in your right mind. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. 100%. And it just stops. It just doesn't exist anymore because you're, yeah, it's, it's like clarity, the clarity I hear you talking about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Trey, I'm going to go to uh, a break for just a few minutes. And when we come back, I want to talk to you more about where you talk about, you know, others don't hold the key to our happiness. We do. I want to talk some more about that when we come back. And life being art, as I saw also in some of your material. Perfect. Awesome. So y'all, for those of you of All Things Therapy listening, I want to introduce you to Annie's Kit Club. They are, they bring creativity right to your mailbox. They are a monthly craft club and you can subscribe to one of their monthly programs. You can choose from making handmade jewelry, necklaces, bracelets, earrings. You can knit your own socks. Yes, for real. They send you everything you need. You can also subscribe to knit an entire Afghan, crochet and Afghan, including beautiful Moroccan tile patterns that you can see when you go to their website. There's a young woodworkers kit for kids seven to 12 to learn how to safely work with wood. And there's a general kit if you just want to kind of try all of it throughout the year. And y'all, they're giving you 75% off a month to begin with them, to try them out as my listener. And you would go to Annie's with an S, Kit Clubs with an S.com. And I'll spell it A N N I E S, Kit K I T C L U B S.com. And use code 70, uh, bleh, use code Therapy 75 to get that 75% off. Annie's Kit Clubs.com therapy 75 to try out crafting for the year and see what you can make by setting aside some intentional time for your creativity and trying something new or adding to your skill set. If you already are crafting, making jewelry, knitting, crocheting, woodworking, check them out. Annie's kitclubs.com therapy 75. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, Trey. Hi. 
So which which do you want to take on first or together? Like I noticed you you have life is art on mosaic life, you know, on your website and that struck me. Can you talk to us about that and how you really source your happiness from you versus others? Sure. You know, I I think when that was written, uh, it probably wasn't intentional, but now as I think back over the last two and a half years and I really start to think about my focus now, you know, a lot of it, as we've talked about is happiness, but, you know, a phrase that is becoming more commonplace in the world is lifestyle design and how we can design the lives that we actually want to live. And I know that kind of seems very grandiose, but when we start to really consider what is important to us, what brings value to us. And I think the last two and a half years have been, or I guess two years have been a great lesson in that. And We've seen so many people realize that they want to spend their time doing something that they actually enjoy doing. They want to be with their family more. They want to spend time out in nature more. And that's so much of what has brought joy to my own life is actually meditating on the things that bring me joy and contentment. And, you know, that's a point that I want to make too. contentment. I think a lot of people mistake contentment with complacency and they are very, very different. Contentment is my natural state of being. It's how I can find myself at any moment in a given day and not feel anxious, but not also, I also want to you know, point out, I don't feel over the moon joyful. I, I, I think that would probably be a bad place to be and to always be super excited about certain things. I, I, I like to be level. I like to, find myself in a place that I, I'm calm, I'm cool, I'm collected, I can think rationally. And so that is just, that has come from practice. And that's come from understanding what the inputs I bring into my life will actually, how they will affect me and how, what they, they will do for my well being. And so, yeah, so much of uh, life is art really plays into the idea of uh, designing the lives that we actually want to live. No, I love you bringing that up because as you were talking, I just jotted down, Trey, if we're not designing the life we want to live, then who is? Because someone is designing it. And I think when we bring, like you said, this uh, attention upon what we're doing, is it, is what I have, what I want? Such a good question you ask yourself. And, and if not, you know, what, what do I want and how do I take the steps to get there because all of a sudden you open your eyes and years have gone by and you're in this life that you may or may not like. And it's really up to us. We're charged with that to really create our lives. We are. We really are. I, that is such a wonderful question. Um, if we're not designing our lives, who is? Because I, I, I never considered that before. And that's that's a very good point. Probably to a certain extent, you know, our are our bosses or our managers. And, you know, sometimes they've got your best interest in mind, but ultimately the company has its best interest in mind Absolutely. and it's going to serve itself before it serves you. So you have to really make sure that you hold true to your standards. And I, I've been self-employed for, I think, three years now. And I, 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 I find myself in this weird state where I absolutely love it. I, I want to give it up for anything, but there's such, there's this renaissance or this empowerment coming over the workforce uh, right now that I, I kind of wish I was a part of. I mean, people are understanding that they don't have to put up with all of this crap that they've dealt with for so mm-hmm. long. And because it's an, you know, a, a job seekers um, market right now, it's just, they, we, there is power there to, if, if you're not being served how you want to be served, then you can go somewhere else and you can find what you're looking for. 
Absolutely. And I love, you know, so you've been self-employed three years. I'm curious what's next for you. What are you excited about doing, becoming, like what's on your horizon? Yeah. Um, it's a, a very good question. I, you know, I, I, when I was working for other people, I, I don't think I ever worked anywhere for longer than two years. And I think when I was, when I was younger, that was certainly frowned upon. I think it's much more commonplace now. Um, and so I, I think just the consistency that I, I feel is something that I want to hold on to for, for quite a while. Um, I am looking at opening a second business, um, more of a kind of a, a side hustle to my main hustle, if you want to call it that. Um, but just really discovering, you know, what I can do and where I can do it and how I can continue living, uh, you know, the life that I want, you know, whether it's in Columbus, Ohio or traveling in the world. Mm hmm. So freedom. I hear you say flex. Hearing you freedom. saying flexibility is a value. Yeah. Feeling free yeah. and contributing. That's obviously important to you, like adding value. Yes. To people's lives, including your own and the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, you know, that's kind of where the Mosaic Life podcast was born. Uh, I was born just out of uh, conver conversations that I was having with my friend Ernie and we decided to record them. And then I went on to take it into uh, the realm of bringing guests like yourself in, uh, extremely inspirational people from all over the world. Um, and it's been really great. Just I always, especially in the new podcast, I always take the approach that I'm talking about what I've done for myself. And if it serves others, fantastic. I, I, I never want to come from a place of judgment and say, you need to do this or else you're not you know, worth anything. I Here is the work I've done for myself. If you want to try this, reach out and I will support you however I can. Um, and it's just, to me, that has been one of the most powerful ways for me to share my message. And as I as I do more on different platforms like TikTok and Instagram, I just, I continue to receive awesome feedback and I continue to receive, you know, people, people reach out and say, Hey, this, this actually means a lot to me. And I'm thankful that you're doing this. And I, I, I hate, you know, scratching my own back, but it's, it's, it's really cool when people actually do that. And it does happen. It does happen. Yeah. It's, it's so wonderful. And I mean, that's how you and I met from you yeah. inviting me on Mosaic Life, which I loved our conversation and I've met, you know, like we never would have met right. had I not written a book and taken, you know, those years and, and like, yeah, you're like a new friend. It's amazing yeah. how like, like the, the tapestry, the mosaic, as, yeah. as you call it, our life really is such a beautiful mosaic. It is. It is. And so much of it is, I mean, it's just, it's the good and it's the bad. I mean, it is, it's all of it combined. To, uh, it's all of our past combined to make us what we are right now. And, I mean, it's the, the bad is extremely difficult to go through while we're going through it. But once we get through it, that is a lesson. Those are lessons that we've learned and we understand how to approach that situation if we come upon it next time. Exactly. And to build more resilience and strength, yeah. I think empathy and compassion as yes. well as yeah. byproducts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, absolutely. So where can others find you to to connect, to listen, to subscribe? Sure. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, uh, the Mosaic Life podcast, you can subscribe on any platform. Um, it's uh, onemosaic.life is the uh, website. And you can find me at Trey Kaufman, T-R-E-Y-K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N on Instagram is the, the, probably the best place uh, or on Facebook as well. 
You know, and I want to thank you because last night I emailed when I was kind of in a sad place, missing my, you know, my cat and feeling overwhelmed, but I couldn't find an email that I had received from you. So I really appreciate you being so gentle because this show, I feel better than sure. had I have not done it. And I love yeah. your energy and your vibe and look forward to seeing you more on social media with your training and, and what comes next for you. Same, same. Yeah, absolutely. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you, Trey. Have a just great rest of your afternoon. You too. Thank you so Thank much, Lee. You. You're welcome. Bye. Yeah. That concludes today's show with Trey Kaufman of the Mosaic Life Podcast really wonderful guy. I'm sure you could feel it in his energy. And thank you, thank you, thank you for taking your time today. I have a new outro. I'd love you to hang for about 30 seconds to hear it. And I'll be back with you next week, y'all. All my love. Mwah. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review All Things Therapy on the platform you're listening from. And let's connect on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities. And let's keep changing consciousness one conversation at a time.